Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We are the podcast that takes you behind the closed doors of the audition world and tells you what happens when things don't quite go to plan. That's right, we share anonymous tales from our listeners with a wonderful guest from the world of entertainment each week and we read them out and share them and uh, possibly throw in a few of our own as well. It's so much fun and welcome to the show if this is your first time listening. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford. I'm your host. I've worked in the entertainment world in loads of different ways for about 15 years now. So I know exactly what it's like when auditions don't don't quite go the way you want to, both as a performer and off stage as a creative as well. This week, it is a fantastic show, and I am so pleased that our wonderful guest is the multi-award winning comedian, vocal impressionist, voiceover artist, singer, actor, and all-round ball of absolutely fabulousness, Jess Robinson. Now, you'll know Jess if you are currently watching the Spitting Image reboot that's on BritBox. You will know her if you've seen Horrible Histories, if... You are a Guilty Feminist fan. She's been on tour with them. She's done loads. And of course, you will know her not only from her brilliant podcast, Stars in Your Ears, which I'll tell you a little bit more about later, but you will know her if you watched Britain's Got Talent in 2017 because she is one of the most viral video auditions of all times from that. And we talk about her experience in Britain's Got Talent later on in the show. But for now, if this is your first time listening to the show, make sure you give us a tweet. We're at Don't Call Us Pod. Say you're listening, and we love it when you tweet along as you go through the show so we get your live reactions of the stories that we tell our guests. And Jess has loads told to her this week. We have such a wonderful conversation. I hope you enjoy the show. But as we do with every episode, we start off and we ask our guest the same question to start the show each week. And that is, what do auditions mean to you? See you in a bit. What's principal? It depends what the audition's for. Generally, if it's a self-tape, my heart sinks. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, actually, generally, my heart sinks. If they send through script, I'm like, oh. And every time I, I think, do I have to learn it? And then I think always, yeah, you should you should put the effort in, but I won't get it. And what's the point? And then I would have wasted all that brain space, which, I, you know, it's getting limited now. It's not very big. <laughs> um, so there's that. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. I don't want to. That's what I, that's what I, that's the first thing. Oh, God. Isn't that awful? It's not like, yes, I've got an audition. A, re- a big, a big inconvenience. <laughs> oh, terrible inconvenience. And how can I how can I cut corners? How can I get around this? I, I have discovered an app called Teleprompter, mm. which but then you spend so much time faffing about with the script moving either slowly or trying to like, like trying to get it to the right and get it into the right format so you can actually read it and all of that. You may as well have sat down and learnt it the time that it takes to to set it all up. That's very true, isn't it? But, oh, God, I tell you, actually, I can feel it in my stomach, that knot of like, oh, don't make me. I don't want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how good I am. Surely yes, that's enough. come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's for a voiceover, a voice casting or radio or whatever, I've got the script. I'm fine. Let I If I've got the script and it's not a memory test, because it's that's the thing when you, you've got sides and they expect you to learn it, which they do really like people who are really going to generally get the job will have learned it so, so well. And it like be in their bones. But I, it takes me a few days to, to get something into my bones when it's not like a memory test. And so if I'm just reading the script and I don't have to worry about that, I can put everything into it. I can put the thoughts, I can yeah. put the the right emphasis and the the real, you know, I get down to the character and do the voices and all of that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I do, I do, um, I much prefer a radio or a voiceover or an animation casting, 100%. It's because it is because you can focus on it, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, yeah, it is absolutely like that. Um, I used to do auditions for for like musicals and West End shows and things like that. And I would get myself into such a state 
about them. I auditioned for Les Mis, for Phantom, for Beauty and the Beast, for um, uh, We Will Rock You. Um, and then that is like, I find that really intimidating, those sort of already established shows, because I don't feel like I'm very good at just, uh, at Wicked, I got a few recalls for Wicked. What is expected of me? I have to sort of, do I have to, I, I try to second guess what they want. Oh my God, I can't stop talking. Yeah. It's terrible anxiety. So instead of just doing it my way, I'm like, well, what do they want? What do they want? Let, let me see if I can do exactly what they want, like acting by numbers type thing. Yeah. And um, I just thought, my, like, I went, <laughs> I went for a We Will Rock You audition and I wore a fishnet top with a black bra underneath um, and black combat trousers. This was uh, in the 2000 and something rather. And um, <laughs> I stood on the stage of the Dominion Theatre to sing Only the Good Die Young. And I decided to, you know, confidence dance, shoulders back, legs apart. My, my legs were about a metre and a half apart. <laughs> and I, I, I had sort of just committed to it. So I was almost in a squat for the whole ballad. But I was like, no, I'm just going to do it now. Like trying to do like a power stance, but I just looked like I was about to pee my pants. <laughs> oh, you've started oh, and you're going for it and I'm going to stick with it. Oh, awful. <laughs> Not get a recall for that. Oh. Terrible. <laughs> The thing is, I can I can visualize it. The Dominion's a massive stage. You've got to fill it. And if... <laughs> With, <laughs> at five foot three, I'm gonna fill it. In box With splits. Like three inch <laughs> leg. <laughs> yeah. So bad. <laughs> I just can't be normal. I can't be normal in auditions. I, I I'm I'm putting on an act from the moment I go in for like West End auditions. I'm so intimidated by them. Uh, one of my uh, very earliest auditions was, was for Beauty and the Beast, and um, I I was early twenties for the it was for the tour, and I was up for Belle, and I thought, oh, I, I, I'm gonna have a glass of wine before this audition just to loosen myself up. So I was in Weatherspoons before my audition, <laughs> downed a glass of white wine, went in, I think I was feeling even more nervous then that I just sort of fucked myself up a bit. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was, you know, and I went in, what a silly turd. I was like, I'm just going to take these off and took my shoes off in the audition. <laughs> Why did I do that? To show I was down to earth or like, just like a bit casual, a bit cool. What? A twat. <laughs> you can get to a much wider stretch with your shoes off. I think. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Oh man. This is exactly why we make the show, though, because Thank you God. are not the only one. You're not the only one who's emailed in with a, with a story like that. But you're not the only one who looks back and goes, "What a pillock! What was oh, I doing?" I'm the world's biggest prick when it comes to the <laughs> sure. I'm such a wanker. It's well, so. Awful. You you wait for some of the stories today, Jess. Oh, please. <laughs> Tell me about other wankers, please. <laughs> I get very passionate about auditions. I think until I started talking, I had forgotten how much I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so as a reminder, if anyone hasn't listened to the show before, every story that I read out to Jess has been sent in by someone who listens to the show. Um, they've emailed them in. We keep the production names out of them just so that nobody can be identified. Uh, and I will have changed the names if they mention them. But they're all true. They're all real. Are you ready, Jess Robinson? I can't wait. Please give this <sighs> to me. <laughs> so there's four for you this week. And okay. I, I, I could have read about 18, but I'll limit you to four. <laughs> the first okay. one. Oh, by the way, I hope you're not too squeamish today. No, I'm fine. Oh, oh God. Who, someone pooed themselves and slipped over in it. Well, uh, let's, let's see. So this comes in from an actor who uh, they said they were deep in the process uh, for a role in a brand new play. Part of it was speaking in a certain dialect. I forget which one. And they wanted to make sure those of us who didn't quite have it down yet could do it. So we had a speech and dialect coach come in and workshop it with us. The room was really hot. It wasn't a nice studio with lots of air, but more just a side room in an office. Grey carpets, windowed, big glass walls, bright white lights. You know the drill. 
It certainly wasn't designed for 12 people to be moving around and doing drama games and voice things as part of a workshop. Now, all of this together meant I felt rough. Dizzy, hot, sick. Everything was just too bright and too much. It was so uncomfortable. So much so that when this guy asked us to stand in a semicircle, stand still and concentrate on certain sounds, I started to sway side to side. Uh-oh. I could feel myself getting all the more sick and close to fainting. Oh, I had no. to sit down in the middle of the exercise. I lowered my head over my knees, visibly uncomfortable. This did not go down well with the session leader. And what do you think you're doing? He screeched at me. Oh, no! I was 25. I'm not a kid in a primary school. I'm an adult. I didn't feel that this was a good way to speak to anyone, let alone in an audition. I'm really sorry. I, I feel sick. I nearly passed out, so I'm just going to sit down for a second and, and, and get my breath together. He did not like this. He went on a huge verbal tirade, pretty much in my face, about how suffering for my art was necessary, and if I wanted this job, I would rise to my feet immediately and respect the rest of the group. What an asshole! <laughs> Again, I pleaded with him that it was for the best. I took a moment out of the room, maybe, and get some air, but he wasn't having any of it. It was clear he wasn't giving in, so reluctantly and calmly, I stood up. Oh he huffed at me, said something like, oh, you should know better than this. If you want this job, you'll work hard as you can and put yourself through feeling ill to get where you want again and stormed away. Well, just as he reached the front of the room, he asked us all to take a deep breath to focus back into the room again. <laughs> I did as this rotten human asked and everything was just too much. It was too hot, too icky and I projectile vomited across the room. Yes! And fell straight back into my chair. Oh my God. Oh. Everyone else rushed straight to me, got me glasses of water and was generally really, really nice. I was absolutely mortified and I couldn't believe it. Oh, I apologised profusely, stood up, made my way to the door, which was just past the leader, who up until this moment hadn't said a word. As I passed him, I looked him up and down and could see the utter disgust on his face. But not at me at the spray of vomit that had hit him square on his shoes and absolutely covered him. Good, I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> I clocked eyes with him and said, I told you I wasn't feeling well, and left to <laughs> clean myself up. I didn't return to the audition. I've no idea what happened to the guy, but I do know I got a hugely apologetic email from the producers saying that he was unacceptable and they wouldn't be working with him again. Oh. Good. Good. Oh. I'm so pleased that that person got at least an apology for the way that that guy was running. The rest of the room must have mentioned something to them. That's terrible. That's worst, awful. That's worst. abusive, isn't it? He just obviously wasn't used to being in that kind of audition situation and was more a teacher. But you still don't yeah. act like that. You know, if you get an arsy professor in your drama school or something yeah. that's very deep and very serious in, in the art, just come on, mate, we're people. And in an audition situation, so much more than normal. Just be nice to people. Absolutely. Was that, do we know if the person that wrote in, was that a male or female? It was a guy. Okay, interesting. I wonder whether, I don't know. No. But I wonder whether a woman would have got more sympathy don't know. You know, and not like all oh, man up type thing. I don't oh, know. It's just toxic. It's just horrible. Poor thing. Oh, well, I send whoever it is a big hug as long yeah. as they've brushed their teeth and had a glass of water. <laughs> brushed their teeth and <laughs> <laughs> had a shower. He, do, he does say, I did go to Weatherspoons before the audition and had a glass. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was me. It was you. It was Jess. I was hammered. I don't remember it. Oh, dear. <laughs> Have you ever felt ill in an audition? Apart from just not wanting to go. <laughs> no, oh, do you know what? I remember um, feeling ill in a taxi on the way to an audition. And I said to the, to the taxi driver, whoever this guy was, knew that I was going to an audition. And I said, I don't feel well, actually. I think we should turn back. And he went, no, come on, girl. You've got to do it. I think <gasps> he thought I was nervous or something. And so I said, no, no, I, I, I really don't feel well. I feel a bit faint. He was like, come on. You're halfway there now. You've got to do it. And I don't think it's because he wanted the money because I said I'd pay, you know, it was already paid for, but he really wanted to take me to the audition. Um, <laughs> that was interesting. Life coach in an Uber. That's what you Yeah, need. absolutely. I didn't get it. 
No. <laughs> he didn't. He's not very good at his job. That's why. No. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> So come on, tell me of a time when an audition sticks in your mind, uh, whether it was uh, it turned into a nightmare or a disaster or something happened that was out of the normal. Tell us one of yours, Jess. Um, ooh. So we've done the We Will Rock You With My Feet Too Far Apart and we've <laughs> we, done Beauty we and the Beast off taking, with my that. Shoes off, <laughs> taking off my shoes. Um, I mean, I do always find adverts pretty cringe yeah especially when you go in and it's like okay this is like for a new body form advert um and what i want you to do right is you're really feeling really really free okay so and you're really tiny okay um but what i want you to do is like imagine you um you wake up and you realise you're in a shoe, okay? And you climb up the hill and then you slid, slide down. I want to see you slide down the stiletto, okay? Jump up and just imagine then you're clubbing, okay? And then you're clubbing and then suddenly you see this guy, you know, and they just like, what the fuck? Okay, so you're throwing snowballs and um, I want you to like ice skate across the floor. What, what do you mean I skate across a carpeted floor? What? How do you want me to do that? Or, oh, I don't <laughs> all, know. All I'm in made... 12, 12 seconds, please. <laughs> all in 12 seconds, exactly. <laughs> honestly, I have made such a fool of myself in auditions before. Um, it's, I, I mean, one thing sticks in my mind about my <laughs> when I was starting out. And my dad, I was living at home and I, I would, I'd come home from doing my day job or whatever. And my dad immediately would say, just your agent called, you've got an audition. And I, I'd go, oh, really? And he'd go, no. <laughs> <laughs> Any of my relationship. I don't know how how horrible of him. It was his favourite thing to do. Your agent called, did you? No. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing ever i do i do quite um, like it <laughs> <laughs> what an arsehole uh um yeah i had I'm, to do what i've i've mentioned it before in the show but i i went once yeah. went in for a maltesers ad no it wasn't no it wasn't maltesers it was hula hoops sorry of course it wasn't oh, maltesers yeah. bear in mind they'd been sent headshots and everything all they had to do and all i had to do was i'm holding i've realized you can't see me um yeah. i'm holding my two index fingers up in front of me like the number 11, yeah. and I had to make my fingers yeah. dance. That was the whole audition. And I had oh, to put hula hoops hell. on the end of it, and I was there for nearly three hours. No! Waiting and waiting, and literally in the room about eight seconds. And they went, thanks. And the oh, other I thing know. was that I wasn't told to go dressed as the character, because I was literally about 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. And everyone, and it was, I was a bit, I meant to be a builder or so, some kind of workman. Yeah. Literally every other person in that waiting room, and there were about 50 people, uh, we're all dressed oh, like builders in helmets and just like studded boots. There's <laughs> me in like a nice shirt and trousers because I'm a young actor. But commercials, we've said this so many times, commercials can be brilliant. They can be brilliant. Yeah. But they can also be absolutely mental. <laughs> and I, I've and I, mainly only had mental ones, I think. That's that's fine for us on the show. <laughs> yeah. We were saying with Ruth Bratt, like some you just wouldn't believe that some of the stuff that you get asked to do until you end up going for a few more commercial auditions. They're, yeah. they're mad. They're absolutely mad. Yeah. In Again, in a lot of the best way, because then you see the advert and go, oh, that's what you mean by it. OK, all you wanted me to do yeah. is walk down the street and smile. You didn't need me to think I was inside a sanitary towel <laughs> shoe. So... <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, I think I'd like to write for adverts because I would just set myself the task of going, right, what can I make these actors do? Okay. Oh! (laughs) Don't you turn gamekeeper. How awful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If it it pays, yes, I'll do anything. I don't mind. It's fine. Absolutely. I'm on the same page. Yeah. Story number two that we got sent in is, (laughs) oh, God, this is an absolute disaster. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Now, again, uh, reading this coming from uh, someone who doesn't dance very much. Oh, um, I've I... walked out for a Seven Brides for Seven Brothers audition before. 
What is it about Seven Brides of Seven Brothers? Like, I both I me know. and a uh, previous guest, Kaylee McKnight, had the same experience of what we now think is the exact same day's audition. I was probably there as well. <laughs> when was this? When are we talking? Because this might well have been the same bloody day. Oh, oh God, it must have been maybe 10 years ago now. Yeah. It, was a, it was a while ago. It was for a revival in the West End. Uh, oh, I know the one. They did the, the routine. I, a dance calls are my worst nightmare, actually. They are the worst of the worst of the worst. You can't get... My actual nightmare would be a dance call. Oh, my God. I just... I, so she showed the routine and said, okay, let's start learning it, okay? And I was just... I just thought, oh, I'm not going to put myself through this. And I just walked out immediately. I just See? thought, I'm never going to get through this. Sing first. Maybe they'll... Yeah. You know your limits already, and I like that a lot. I like that. You respect, I'm just not you respect do yourself. It yeah, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> not going to do it to myself anymore. Well, um, this this person, I think, I think maybe on reflection, wishes they'd done that. Oh. Again, this this comes from a guy, uh, and he says, okay. as not a dancer. I often used to go for it a bit too much in dance calls. So when I was put together one time with a girl I'd never met for some partner work, I think it was the worst audition of her life. Oh, dear. We had to do a kind of disco-style partner routine with lots of pose hits and arms and stuff. I felt confident, if not a little wobbly skills-wise. It was near the end of the session, and we had one last opportunity in pairs to go for it. And I really went for it. But... (laughs) I went the wrong way at one point and threw my hands up to the right instead of to the left, smacking her straight in the face with my fist. So hard, she fell backwards and held her face and shrieked in pain. Her nose was bleeding. She was crying. It was a complete disaster. I apologised as much as I can, walked over to her, put my arm around her again, apologising a lot, a lot, a lot. But it was only when she moved her hands away from her face that I noticed I'd caught her on the nose in such a way her nose ring had ripped straight out of her <gasps> skin. <laughs> it was sat there on the floor covered in drips of blood. No! After the call, I sat with her in the cafe for far too long, well after everyone else had left, until her boyfriend turned up to escort her home. He wasn't very happy with me and no. I couldn't, and couldn't understand why I'd stayed around with her. Actually, neither do I. I never went for another dance audition ever again. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear me. It's okay to go for it as long as you don't injure your dance partner. Oh. How do you you respond? How do you respond if you're the person having it ripped out your nose? How do you respond if you're the person doing it? How do you respond if you're the choreographing team? Well... If you're the choreographers, you stay really professional and you ask if that she she would like to come back on a different day. That's what yeah. that's what you do. Um, and then after the audition, if you're the choreography team, you go to the pub and go, oh, my God. <laughs> um, you email if, it into a podcast. <laughs> yeah. If you're her, oh, you insist to your agent that they see you again do it nicely with a better partner because that is not her fault not her fault at all (laughs) thank you for the brilliant story you should not have stayed in the cafe you should have gone to weatherspoons and had a few vodkas on your own just go you've done enough she does not want your arm round her (laughs) i could just imagine him do you want an ice pack i can just i can help more no, 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 you've done enough. <laughs> That's a great story. Oh, dear. The thing is, that would have really had to have been such a specific angle. I'm thinking technically here. Such a specific angle of that accidental wallop in the nose. Yeah. Oh, So God. he didn't get the job. I'm assuming no one got the job from, uh, from that. Well, I'd, I'd, hope to, I'd like to think that she got the job, but I don't think I either of them did. I hope she did. I need, I need I to know what the disco did. dance was for now. This is the thing. No one tells me what they're for a lot of the time. So <laughs> I no, need to... <laughs> I'm imagining it's for night fever. That's what well, I'm Well, something like that. Yeah, you'd, you'd mm. think. But, oh, dear. See, this is it. Dance calls are Brilliant. such a... Obviously, such respect to people who absolutely nail dance calls and walk in and can have yeah. their legs scratching their ears oh. and everything. But as someone who is a mover, not a dancer, 
it, even at my even when I was feeling at my very best dance wise, they still put the yeah. fear of God into me. Not necessarily because I didn't think I could do it or I don't that I wasn't good enough to be asked in. If you're asked into the audition, they think you're good enough. That's a, that's the thing to remember. But it was just it was no, so in- they oh. don't. <laughs> <laughs> they can't have because I wasn't. <laughs> it was always for me that I'm like, but I know I'm not going to be as good as everyone else, even if everyone else is the same as me, because I'm still worse than them. So it was always right. that underlying thing in my head of, yeah, this is how they make me feel. Therefore, that is fact. Even though they might have been a wonderful team, a lovely team, and adapted it for me and one other person in the corner just going, I can't do it. I would have loved to do. I've only ever done one audition where I nailed the routine. All my, my biggest fear in dance auditions was just not even being able to pick up the steps quick enough. Give me a day or give me, like, let me go away for yeah. half an hour and work it out. I can do it. But not on the spot. I can't remember that. <laughs> That's it. In, I can't in re- that. A four-week rehearsal process, absolutely oh. fine. I'll nail it. Plenty of time. Yeah. See, see me eight months like down the run. I'll still look like a baby giraffe, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> baby giraffe. <laughs> Stood a metre and a half apart. Yeah, yeah. Is there any type of audition now then that you, on reflection, that you go, do you know what? I, I could, if I did it now, then maybe a musical audition, what would you do differently than you used to do? Is there anything that would maybe affect your the way that you went in for that kind of call because obviously you might well be called in for anything in, in the next well whenever theater comes back but is there any kind of audition that you go do you know what i would do this differently to how i used to do it i think i would give less of a shit actually <laughs> that's think, quite good though I, I think i would i think um that i feel like there was there was one audition i did and i always think of it as the one that got away i was up for girl in once and <sighs> i had got through the the piano audition which was great I'd accompanied myself singing that was brilliant and I'd killed it at the movement audition as well because um I had heard from a friend of a friend which section they were going to do and I'd learned it off YouTube so I already was familiar with the steps and then I could do it and then it closed before they even recast it which was such a shame because I thought oh I'm really in with this like for once I'm you know keeping up with everybody and I I can do it I can really do it and obviously I can do Polish accent no no yes. problem can, can do but, speaking uh, yes I can do it all <laughs> but um yeah uh I would like I feel like now I could probably go up for comedy roles and things like that and 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 be fine about it and not really worried too much to th- it's the theater auditions that worry me the most mm. and that the, no that used to worry me the the most which now i'm like meh that's fine I, I, I usually if i'm in a job generally i would i get bored after first night is out of the way and i'm like oh what's next so i would never be good in a in a long run i'm very naughty in i'm very very naughty cast member um the pranks are terrible a long run of a show is is a difficult thing to navigate if you're not always in that realm and and you know yeah. I, I suppose going forward when this this all kind of winds down that's going to be an incredible position to go in i i would be interested to see if the west end started to adapt a model more like broadway where things have proper limited seasons you do like a four mm. or five month run of something and that is your window to go and see it so that we can get more new work and i've always thought that would be a good idea and that certainly, certainly with the the kind of forced rise of streaming and you know video capture yeah. of stuff. Yeah. For years, I've not understood why we don't do that. Why can't yeah. nine to five now? It's been all right. It's gone on tour, but why can't that be streamed six months later in the cinema and make more money for the producers more than anything else? I know there's a rights issue and everything, but I would go and see yeah. a, a film of it or rent it at home if I can watch it for forty eight hours. If I didn't get yeah. to go and see it, you know, especially, you know, yeah. two new parents like me and Jess, when Hamilton came out, I actually seen Hamilton now. So it's great. Finally, yeah. <laughs> finally enter the bloody lottery in a bloody time. Oh, dear. <laughs>
Hello, Christopher here. Just interrupting the show to say, if you're listening and you think you've got one of the stories that we need to hear, you've got an audition story like one of the ones that we've told already and shared, then make sure you email it to us as soon as you can. We are at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. That's don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. You can find it in the episode description as well or on our social media, which is at don'tcalluspod. We've got loads of people recording shows in lockdown number two here in the UK at the moment from the world of Broadway, West End, comedy, TV, panel shows, actors, burlesque and everything in between. So make sure you send them in as soon as you can and we will include the very best in our show. All anonymous, no shame involved and you won't be identified unless you absolutely want to be. So email them in when you can and maybe you'll feature in the next episode of the show. I'll, I'll let you know. I won't, I won't just, just do it. I will email you back and say thank you. <laughs> but for now... Back to the episode with Jess Robinson. Tell me of another time when an audition sticks in your head. It could be a good one. It could be one that caused you uh, another Weatherspoons visit. My audition for the tour of Little Voice was really amazing. This is what we like. That was amazing. Good experiences. This is it. So I know that I can sing and I know that I can do impressions. And I know that I can do the, the accents and I know... And I just loved that role so much. And I really just felt, it just felt like it fit. It felt right. And I thought, I'm going to go into this audition and I bet no one will do these impressions as well as me. That sounds really big headed, but I've never, ever felt like that before an audition before. Mm. But I thought, this is my niche. This is what I do. This is not me just being a five foot three dark haired actress, you know, trying to fit in to a role of, of what they want and belt my tits off where other people can do that so much better and fit in so much better than I can. So much better equipped. This is where I I can... Yeah, it just that that role just it just because I love those singers, I can do those voices. There aren't that many people um, that can pull that off. And so uh, I went into this audition um, and I had a great sort of little first session with the vocal coach, first of all. And he was really impressed. So then when Jim Cartwright came in and the producers, I was already feeling so like settled and nice. And it, he was so, it, it really makes a difference when they are just friendly and yeah. lovely and put you at ease. And it's mm. not all sitting on a panel, shuffling papers and things like that. So that was, that was great. And I sang for them and they were really impressed. And that was great. And then uh, there was a little bit of script which I had prepared and I really loved the speech at the end of um, uh, Little Voice and Jim Cartwright directed me a bit which more than anything was just an absolute oh, thrill nice. so that was just like I, this is wonderful and then he, he said um, okay we're just going to do a little bit of impro now um, you're LV okay and I just want you to show me around your room just want you to show and I did and um, and it was just I was just in the moment and it was just lovely and we, we both got a little bit emotional and uh, when I was talking about my dad and his old records and stuff like that and it was just a really amazing sort of beautiful uh, half 45 minutes half hour 45 minutes of my life it was just it just I've never it was just like everything aligned yeah. and um, and then I didn't hear for months oh no no clue because they were you know that there, there were the, some some producers that were like we've got to get a name for this we've got to get a name um and i wasn't um but then i found on my birthday <gasps> on the first of february i finally found out and i think it was like the beginning of january that i had auditioned or even before christmas or something i found out on my birthday that i got the part and i had honestly the couple of weeks leading up to that point i was like okay well I obviously haven't got it. I'm just gonna, I've just got to put that out of my brain now. And I'd even thought to myself, if I don't, if I, if I'm not working by this time next year, I'm going to give up. And then I got the part and, and things really changed from there for me as well, which was amazing. So that's, that was a, that was a good turning point. It's, it, but it is funny how those things, you know, it's that old saying that the right part will find you. And it clearly did. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just brilliant. What a what a role. I love it. Yeah, I love it, it so beautiful. much. And it's just one of those things that I think you like 
everyone is good who gets part. Well, let's not, let's not go down that road. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are good who <laughs> get stuff. But you know, whoever plays that has to be, they have yeah. to be so good because it's challenging. And it's, it's what a wonderful journey to have. And like you said, having him direct you, that's enough for me. I'm fine not getting if if I have he was, yeah. someone like that direct a piece of work, like even even five minutes in a room, you get a lot from that. So then to be able to do the whole show as well is fantastic. I always love it when when you can go into an audition and, you know, you do your whatever your speech is, the or the, the portion of script, you, you've just got to guess, haven't you? You've just mm. got to go make a decision and go, OK, well, I'm going to do it this way. But it's so nice, even if you do it the way they hadn't imagined, for them to then direct you and see if you can do it the way that they want you to do it rather than go, no, she's not right next. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, w- I wish... I don't know. Some I I do think that some directors don't try and direct you in the audition, and then h- how do you know if the person can do it or not? Yeah, and again, sometimes I Give suppose us a chance. It, yeah, <laughs> it, you know, it might come down to if they've already cast someone and you have to balance off yeah. them. So I understand yeah, yeah, that yeah. to an extent, but it would be good if everyone could just have an extra five minutes of time in the room. Certainly, yeah. certainly, where acting through song is such a big part of it, or there is text to do. Because just mm. even one, even once extra through something with yeah. a couple of notes from the director or, or the associate or whatever, just ca- it, it can just unlock that door and go, oh, my God, that's what you mean by that. And then you might do something completely mm. different, which is exactly what they want. But if they know if they don't ask and you just kind of have to go on what you believe that you might have done right and it might be right for what you mm. would see as it then that opportunity is lost. So, yeah, a little bit a little bit more time would be, I think, such a wonderful thing. But, you know, I suppose that's the beauty of self-taping for everything at the moment is you can you can do three or four different takes and even send them as a little kind of addition on an email and say, I've done a couple of other ones in very slightly different habits. You know, you, at least you get the opportunity. Yeah, and slightly different leg stances. I've just, I've just done some, <laughs> like, parallel, you know... Box splits, fifth, <laughs> and just a squat. Uh, just see which one speaks to you. <laughs> I have done a really boring one where I just stand normally, but you don't want to watch that. That's fine. No, no, you don't want to, you know. You, you're looking for something different and special. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's cast our minds back to commercial castings because we had an email okay. in. Oh, dear. Mostly guys oh, no. this week, I will say. <laughs> I say this every time, right? This is both the best and the worst part of my week recording the show. It's the best because I love it. And we have a great chat with a, a wonderful guest. And the worst is because I can feel the heat of anxiety rising through me as I read these once just I've to read got them it through. Too. It's so contagious when you're reading it. And oh, oh. dear. Okay. And, and you start every story with, okay, I've got this story. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> There's always an, oh, dear. That it's it's because I've read them once already and gone, right, that's good enough. And then I read them now and I go, oh, God, I'm remembering it all over again. <laughs> I'm living it. I'm living it with <laughs> Oh, So this actor, uh, yeah. this is from a commercial casting. He says, well, he actually says, after hearing how crazy commercial castings are on your podcast, I wanted to lend you mine. Many moons ago, I was seen for a leading razor brand. This was a really big deal and a big financial reward, too. They needed quite a few faces and there were lots and lots of roles, so I knew I was in with a decent chance of getting the gig. As part of the casting, I had to shave my face. No problem. I was a bit stubbly back then, so nice and easy, I thought. Well, I thought wrong. They were playing music and we had to kind of bop along as we shaved our face in the mirror that they provided. Easy. That's what I do every time I shave. I started on the left side of my face, by my chin, moving up from my neck. I was really enjoying this and can really feel that sweet shaving-based dollar entering my bank account already. Except, I got a little bit too into the music and whilst shaving my sideburns, slipped and sliced the underside of my earlobe, bleeding and instantly cursing at myself into the mirror. Ah, Phil, you f***ing idiot! Shit, shit, shit. This hadn't gone as expected, he says. <laughs> The casting team stopped the music, (laughs) said, that's all we need for today. And I had to leave the room straight away, towel around my neck, covered in my blood from my ears and half a face shaved, looking like Two-Face from Batman. (laughs) 
Oh, no! <laughs> I rushed to the toilets to mop myself down and realised I'd had to head back on the tube, half a shaved face and all. I didn't get the job, and my bank account is still waiting for that big money job. Oh, I hope you get it. Maybe in a horror film. Hang on a second. Hang on. How come he had to leave with half a shaved face? Couldn't he have just said, can I can I borrow the razor again and carry on? Or did he just, is he too mortified to stay in that room any know. longer? I do think that, oh, poor thing. Casting, castings for adverts are so much weirder because... And I think it's the same with voiceover adverts. They're all sort of producers. Uh, sorry, not producers. They're all sort of um, corporate marketing people yeah. that aren't used to working with actors particularly. It's a yeah. bit like the when you see them on The Apprentice or whatever. <laughs> and they're so yes. intimidating. You can't go... I'm so sorry. Could I? Can I? Can I just get that razor? Or they're just like, okay, next. What are you getting for prep from lunch? You know, or, or whatever. Yeah. They're they're just. It's such a meat market. But it is. And if there's another fifty people waiting well, in, that, that sounds got... like an abattoir. Oh my god! <laughs> the thing is, that's one of those things. Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever shaved your face such as that, Jess. But it's one of those areas that you just think that really, that really bloody stings. That really stings. Just I'll under tell you the, what, it, the ah. knees. The knees and the ankles oh, are the always ankles. danger areas. I oh, had to dear. wax my legs for something once and then just tidy up the bits that I'd missed. And I caught just above my ankle bone and it sliced Ooh, a good two inches. Oh, yes, the oh, worst. Absolute that's horror. And I can horror, still remember it now. not as bad now. as dance auditions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, slice my legs up if you want. That's fine. But don't ask me to do a triple tour. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So a little while ago, I was a judge on a TV show and have done some reality TV. So I want to talk about your BGT days. Oh, yeah. A lot of people will be quite fascinated to know about Mm. the the kind of just how long something like that goes on. And obviously Mm -hmm. a lot more people found you and, and how wonderful you are from that. So talk us a little bit about that kind of that world and a few of the bits that people wouldn't necessarily understand about how even how long that day on stage and waiting around can oh, yeah, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, they had a, a BGT approached me for about five or six years mm-hmm. to say, will you will you do the show? And I always said, no, I'm going to do it the hard way. What I thought was the hard way. Turns <laughs> out BGT is the hard way. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take my shows to the Edinburgh Festival. And I'm going to do this, going to do that. Um, because, you know, some people are really sniffy and, you know, a bit snotty about about talent shows and, and doing that. And also and they, they don't think it's a very professional thing to do or although you see more and more professionals going on now. So they I changed agencies and and they had asked again and my agent said why don't you come in and talk to us so the producers came in to the agency and said look Jess we'll work with Jess she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't want to do um we'll work together it'll be really collaborative it's a really fun process and obviously you'll come straight through to the uh auditions in front of the judges yeah. so um I so we thought okay let's let's go for it so I was there from 9am in the morning with my friend and my agent until uh, they finally got and, and, and all day long when you're there in this holding area there are cameras yeah, and uh, everybody's being filmed and interviewed the whole time um, and you know and they come up to you and say oh can, can you just speak to this um, uh, this magic act for a bit. Can you just have a little chat together? And you're just <laughs> talking to this weird guy in a, a fluorescent blonde clown wig from Sweden who doesn't know what he's doing here, or I don't know. Or, or so you're just talking to all of these people um, for the camera, and then they're like, "Okay, can we just film you pacing up and down a bit, Jess?" So you're pacing up and down a bit. Okay, can you look a bit more nervous? Look nervous, Jess. So then you're looking nervous because I just want to please, don't I? I just want to. I just want to get it right. I just want to get the job. Um, so. Okay, Jess, can you can you sort of just like take some, you know, really deep breaths, look look nervous. Okay, look look at yourself in the mirror and look nervous. Well, by the time it came to me going on stage, 
you know, even even before I was, you know, brought on stage with Anton Deck and all of that sort of stuff, I was below the stage of the Palladium being filmed, again, pacing up and down, looking nervous. Can can you put your hands together and sort of, you know, look like this is the most important time of your life? Well, that was 10 o'clock at night by that point. I'd been yeah. there over 12 hours. And um, when someone's telling you to look nervous all bloody day long and pant and look like you're feeling nervous and take deep breaths, you are fucking nervous. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I had never sung on such a massive stage before. I'm telling you the buzzers backstage that <clears throat> are real. They are loud. They've got massive, big floor monitors backstage blasting out that sound. And um, uh, the two acts before me, one of them was, I think, a mother and son doing some sort of really awful knife act. And the, <laughs> the audience, like slightly inappropriately sexual. Um, There's and always the, one. The, yeah. <laughs> the buzzers were going, ah, 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 ah. the audience were going, off, off, off. I'm telling you, it was like the Hunger Games. That's what it felt like. It was really nerve wracking. And then Anton Decker suddenly there. Hello. Bill and Ben, the flower pot men. Um, and and they and they talked to you. And then I, I was like, is it now? Is it now? And they were like, yeah. And you walk onto this stage. And the judges are just sort of looking around, just chatting to each other. They don't even sort of look at you when you come on the stage. I've never done a gig where I haven't been announced onto the stage before. I've never had to wander onto. That's a very good point, yeah. <laughs> right? So you wander onto this enormous stage. That, I mean, I'm sure they've got psychologists or something that say, this is how you'll make them most nervous or this is how you'll, you know, really raise the stakes or, you know. So I felt on the back foot from the beginning. Um. But that audition went okay. I wasn't, I was not pleased with the way that it came out. I could have done so much better. I was pissed off with myself for being so nervous. I really was. And then of course, even though I said in the audition, you know, uh, well, I'm a professional. I've been trying to do this for years and blah, blah, blah. We had a long chat. That was all edited out, mm. which is fine, you know, but then there's lots of, She's a fake. She's already a professional that came out in the newspapers. And that's like, that's a whole side of it that you, you do have to really consider, but, but you don't really know what that's like until it happens. And that feels quite scary. Um, when you get like people saying, I'm calling Jess out. I saw her in little voice. And I, I was like, why are you calling me out for what? I never, I never claim not to be a professional. I never, you know, so that you just sort of on the back foot to begin with. Um, but anyway, I got through and it was good and, and that was great. And then, so that was in a February. The live shows are in June. That's it's a big very gap, story, isn't, it? isn't it? Big gap. And from February to uh, May, they want you to be workshopping your um, act. So I was, you know... Uh, doing my act um and they were like no can you do it like this no can you do it like this can you change this can you change this and in the end it really wasn't so collaborative as them sort of saying you know in not so many words but we can't have you telling jokes and doing impressions and doing singing impressions and so in the end um i did what was a very 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 watered down mainstream sort of bland uh act but i got it to somewhere where i sort of i felt okay with it yeah and um and it started off with me singing bang bang as jesse j and um had lulu and some other great impressions in it and then the firstly the manchester bombing happened and I felt really wrong about singing bang bang I didn't want to do that because you know Ariana Grande yeah sings on that song and the producers were going no it's fine it's fine and I said I really don't want to do that so I took that song out because I just didn't I just didn't want to be insensitive or or whatever 
um because it felt it just felt so inappropriate and it felt like that is definitely something that would I there would be a lot of backlash for that it just felt really really wrong so I took I I said I'm not doing that and so we reworked it with me singing Domino at the beginning um we're in June by now the night before the show and we've finally whittled it down going back and forwards back and forwards pleasing the producers and the night before the show it's too long we we don't really like it we don't think it's it's working for the us the night before i've been working on it for months for months trying to get it right for them trying to like because i have i feel like oh man i should have stuck to my guns i should have done what was more me but at the same time you know they're the experts they want the best out of you you know that it's it you know they want you to do the best you can and they know their show and then at the same time what I sort of forgot was well it's a tv show and they've also got their plans of of who they'd like to see in the final and who signed up to their management company and things like that yeah so uh they wanted me to change it overnight and I said I, I, I can't I can't do that I'm really sorry and I nearly walked and then they said okay well why don't you come in on the Friday night instead so I, I think I did the Friday night um and I think I came forth and um but I just ended up doing something I wasn't happy with oh and in the very first audition I did at the Palladium I did some Adele which was edited out and um Simon had said that was all brilliant but I didn't I didn't like your Adele so I said I said okay and for the live shows the producers were like do Adele do Adele and I was like I know because Simon didn't like it oh but it's really funny do Adele do Adele uh, and I said no because Simon didn't like it and they were like oh he doesn't remember what he had for lunch he'll be all right you know it'll be great it'll be fun <laughs> and then I do my Adele and Simon says on live TV, that's the worst Adele impression oh, I've ever heard. They knew. They knew. So it was any gig that I've done since then. Oh, wait. Uh, there's so much to tell you about this, actually. Before I even went <laughs> on, they had forgotten to put a microphone on me. 30 seconds before I went on, they were stitching a microphone on me. Um, and and then I had like a runner coming up to me going, you've really got to give it everything you've got, Jess. And I was just like, I don't need that. I'm about to go yeah. on and do a, can you imagine? Fucking on live hell. TV it's, as well. And the only way I can describe it is disgusting. Like it turns my stomach to think of the whole experience. It was so awful. It was so, so, so awful. But every gig since then has been like any gig. It's not BGT. It's so much better than BGT. Nothing is as hard as BGT. Yeah. <laughs> Everything has been so much nicer. Um, so if you ever say to a performer, why don't you go on Britain's Got Talent? And we look at you and go, huh. that's, that's, yeah. yeah. It's it's not as glamorous as you think it is. Everyone on it works oh, incredibly no. hard and incredibly fast, but just, just, oh, just, no. It's a machine. It's an absolute machine. Um, and I've known people that have gone on it that have absolutely and and listen, if I hadn't gone on it, I wouldn't have done my first tour. I wouldn't have very fair. You know, got you know, I'm on a bigger took my act to a bigger platform, albeit that it was you know not exactly what I do or 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 a very sort of first base format of what I do. Um, and it's it's really it was a massive hurty learning curve, but. It, I don't regret it, but I do still think, what could I have done differently? Which is stupid that I'm still torturing myself to this day because it's their show. It's not wasn't for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's it. You are when you do a show like that, you do have to remind yourself that you are a very small part in a much bigger wheel, and you right. are. And it is. And it's. I. I'm just. I'm always in awe of those things when you when you're able to see behind be it as a contestant be it even just going in to meet a, a team of people before you go on for it yeah it's there's so much that goes into it to do it it's a it's an I experience you'll never forget no in so many different ways yeah and it was you know positive it was not a nice experience but such positive things came out of it even if it, it was me learning that i can 
bounce back or that I have, you know, balls or that I won't ever um, sort of pander to people's requests of mm. what they think I should do if I don't feel it's right. Yeah. It sort of Standing up for yourself is a, is, a, is a big thing for... Yeah. For one to and learn that's in very general. hard for a people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if that's what you got from it, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I think anyone anyone that's thinking of going for it, do it. Absolutely do it. But yeah. but really have your eyes open. Yeah. Because it could be brilliant and it and it and it really did open doors. Yeah. I mean yeah. your panto fee doubles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what it's all about, kids. That's what it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have one. I have one more story for you. Yes, brilliant. Sorry, I've gassed on for ages, no. haven't I? Oh, Jess, I, honestly, I I could record this for hours because I just. Oh, it's been like it, a therapy session. <laughs> I, thank you. I'm fine. <laughs> <No. laughs> this there's a there's a surprise caveat that I will hit you with at the end of this story, and I and okay. I I love it. This this final story this week is not it's not even about the audition itself, but it's about the okay. whole day. Okay. This comes in from an actor who uh, (laughs) she says, this story still makes me blush and it happened over 10 years ago. Oh, bless her. I went to an open call for something at Dance Attic and there was a really intense dance dance call. If those of you (laughs) don't know, maybe you're listening in America. Dance Attic is a very historic dance studios where loads and loads of things are, uh, have their auditions. One of the one of the famous where loads of dreams go to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, "I went to an open call for something at Dance Attic, and there was a very intensive dance call. And now I'm not really a dancer, and tend to break a sweat just lifting my arm, and was always a big sweaty mess after these types of auditions." I'd almost definitely need a shower afterwards and would change out of my clothes, which you could probably wrung the sweat out of. This day was no exception. I stuffed my wet dance clothes into my bag, including my pants, a rather pointless thong, she says. I was young and wore thongs. Seriously, why do girls put themselves through this? Big knickers all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I can understand that. The audition was probably for a cruise ship. I can't quite remember what it was for, but I do remember what happened straight after. I was walking to the bus stop and my bus pulled in before I got there. I needed to get somewhere else rather quickly, so I ran straight for the bus. As I was running, I thought I could hear someone calling out, Excuse me! behind me. But I was on a mission. Thought, nah, I'm not calling for me, and carried on. I made it, jumped on the bus as the doors were closing behind me. I then became aware that someone was trying to get my attention outside of the bus through the closed doors. He was banging hard on the window, making a proper racket, getting everyone around me's attention and waving something in his hand. Something I clearly dropped out of my half-open bag as I was running and he'd been kind enough to pick up and chase after me with. I recognised it immediately and the look of horror on my face must have alerted the guy to the fact he was standing outside a packed bus waving my sweaty thong at the window. (laughs) As the bus pulled away, I could see him double take at what he had in his hand and realised he maybe should have left it on the floor and not been so kind. Poor guy. The whole bus saw and I couldn't stand the embarrassment, so got off at the next stop. (laughs) And that story is my wife. I'd completely forgotten that until it genuinely arrived in my email inbox this afternoon. Oh, (laughs) emailed it in. That's always make sure your bag's done up. Oh, Oh, wow, that's brilliant. (laughs) That's really good. The audition was fine, but after the audition, make sure you get your stuff together before you run for the bus. (laughs) I'm just glad. Yeah, I'm glad that the audition went well. I mean, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, she didn't get the that's job. That's the main thing. Oh, <laughs> oh dear.
before we let you go, we always ask our guests what your audition addition would be. So is there something that you'd like to add to the general audition process, whether it be something funny, something constructive? Is there anything that you think you could add to make it a bit more enjoyable for the panel, for yourself or just in general? Yes, the panel should be actually naked. I would feel much better. <laughs> Nude. With the table covering bits or just cut everything? No. Well, they can. No, I want to Stood see in a really wide second, you know. They can stand in there. Yeah, exactly. Stand in there in my We Will Rock You stance, completely <laughs> naked. Then maybe I'll do a good job. <laughs> 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 Depending on who's on the panel, you might want to do a better job. I don't know. <laughs> so Je Jess's, Jess's audition edition is actually a removal of everyone's clothes. Yeah, apart from mine. Apart I, yeah, I, I, got to have I some just, boundaries. I, yeah. No, I just think it would be really nice if for once it was the actor who had the status that came in, not the yes. panel. And then and then you'd get a good job out of them. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if there's anyone that really doesn't want to be naked, then they can be sitting on the toilet. But um, they've got to have their trousers down. Oh, yeah, so and the important a, parts a are on display. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Some yeah, false modesty like, from the waist mainly, up. Mainly, <laughs> yeah. I think it's important that the panel feels vulnerable, not the person doing the audition. <laughs> And then also afterwards, there should be a big glass of champagne on your way out. Well done yeah. for doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if it's, do you get a bigger drink the longer the audition was? So like if it's, sure. a, if it's a quick verse and chorus, you get like a shot. And yeah, if it's if a four-hour workshop, workout, you get a magnum. Yeah, get the bottle. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Absolutely. I, I like that. <laughs> also, for every audition that you don't get and the panel turns you down, they get a tiny punishment. So they, they feel a tiny bit of your pain. I like yeah. that. Or maybe, maybe mm. it could be a bit like, like a mini Bush Tucker trial. They have to eat one grub for every person they say no to. <laughs> yes, that will stop the cattle calls. Maybe they'll be a bit more discerning. And most of the panels are, decide. Most of the panels are yeah. vegans now, so it's actual torture for them. So it's... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was on a panel once for just I went back to my old school and I had to judge a singing competition. <gasps> and the, it, I found it because I knew what it was like and the stress and everything. I um, I, I did it. Uh, and then the next day I, I had to stay in bed for two days because I, <laughs> I think I got shingles from the stress. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not good at judging people. And that is this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. What a treat it was to have Jess on the show. She's such a busy person and I, I'm absolutely thrilled and, and, and genuinely touched that she wanted to come and have a natter with me. We could have recorded for <laughs> we could have recorded for hours. <laughs> I haven't laughed that much recording for such a long time. Such a lovely person to be around. And also if you haven't followed her on Instagram, I'll put links in the episode description. She's just got a puppy and it's the most adorable little squish that you will ever ever see she's such a wonderful person and if you don't follow her or support her already please take this opportunity to do so follow her on twitter instagram and also you can support her wonderful podcast on patreon or in general just listen to it it's absolutely brilliant it's called stars in your ears and as you've heard from jess over the last hour she's such an incredible vocal impressionist and comedian that her podcast is packed full of that and so much more. She's joined by her three-piece band, Jessington World of Adventures, which is one of my favourite band's names I've ever heard, to share guests from the world of comedy and music. Loads of different impressions, loads of different skits and sketches and stories. And it, it's just an absolute joy to listen to and it, it will brighten up your your week for sure if you like things like the horn section which jess has also been on their podcast then you'll absolutely love it i'll put some links down below and we'll share it throughout the week on our social media as well you can listen on 
Anchor FM, like we hosted on Anchor as well. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the usual places that you find your podcasts. If you haven't seen the clip of Jess on Britain's Got Talent, I'll put that down below as well. And also I'll link a few more of her sites like YouTube and things like that as well. She's so great. Thank you so, so much to Jess for coming on and having a laugh. It is a bit like therapy, our show, and we're really, really pleased. If you have enjoyed the show today, then please make sure you catch up on the other 21 fun-filled episodes that we've got from the series so far. We've got loads of people recording over the next couple of weeks, so please, if you've always tweeted us and said, oh, I've got a story for you, now is the time to email it in. We have such wonderful people lined up. I don't want to put any spoilers out because they're, they're so fun, but if you've enjoyed today's episode, you will love the next few that we're recording. Thank you so much for listening. It genuinely means more than you could possibly know. During lockdown, it's it's difficult for us as, as creatives and performers to feel connected to our, our skill set and our industry. And hopefully by recording this show, we're giving you a bit of a giggle and uh, taking your mind off the world and, and remembering that we're going to get back to work soon. You're going to get to go and see your shows, your favourite stand-ups, your favourite films again. It's going to happen. It might take a few months longer than we thought, but it, it's, it, it's going to happen. You'll be all right. But for now, make sure you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and all those things. Five Stars genuinely helps us be found by new people. And if you can leave a little review as well, it, it really means the world to us. Um, make sure you tweet us. We're at Don't Call Us Pod on Twitter or Instagram. Share a selfie of you listening to the show, a screen grab. And make sure you tag two friends that have never listened to us and make them listen to the show this week because they will love it. Thank you so much to Jess. And on behalf of myself, John Webb Carter, our co-producer, and everyone involved in the show behind the scenes, thank you for listening. Make sure you stay safe. We will see you next Friday for another episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. Put your mask over your nose, wash your hands, and we will see you very soon. Bye, everyone! Bye.